Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. to see you all today. Well, this is our friend Sunday and we want to welcome you to victory and I hope and pray that you are investing in uh, relationships outside of church and that you're inviting folks to church and uh, just like the video indicated, uh, man, we can we can spread the gospel. We can really make a big impact on this community uh, just by getting entering into these relationships with people. So I want to encourage you to keep doing that. Well, today is our, our friend Sunday, so I wanted to try to bring you a message, if I could, along the lines of, we all need friends. Um, boy, that's so true. I mean, God has instilled in every single one of us this, this desire to connect with other people. And every single one of us need, need friends. So, this morning, to, to test your friend knowledge, I need to get my thumb on the pulse of our congregation and see how you are in the knowledge of friendships and friends. So what I'm going to do, this is going to be a, a word association game that I'm going to do with you here, okay? So I'm going to mention some very famous friendships. I'm going to give you the first name, and then I want you to shout out real loud the second name of this friend, okay? So the first one's going to be kind of easy, Batman and... Robin. Okay, good. So that's what I want you to do as we kind of go through this. And, and what I want you to see is this friend association, how they shared life together. Okay, let's go on a little bit further. What about Bert and? You guys are good. What about Laurel and? Barnum and? Now, some of you I got a little quieter right there. What about this one? What about Bogey and? Who said that? a boy, Phil. Good job. Give Phil a hand. That's Humphrey Bogart and Laura McCall. I tried to just recall. I tried to throw something a little bit harder in there. Phil, you're good. You're watching way too much TV through the years, by the way. Okay. What about Bonnie and? What about Butch Cassidy and? You guys are good. Well, here's a couple more. This may date you a little bit. Laverne and? You guys have Nickelodeon channel, I guess, right? Man, man, that was, that was main media when I was growing up. Starsky and... Didn't you love their car? Didn't you love that? Man, I, I love that. What about the Lone Ranger and... Okay, for the younger generation here, what about SpongeBob and... Chaney got it right there. I had to Google that one, by the way, because I, I didn't know that one. What about Mario and... Luigi, yeah. So I guess you see, I mean, even all of these individuals, they're all connected together. The point in all of that is this. We all need friends. Every single one of us. We need friends. All of us need friends. God has hardwired into every single one of us this desire for community, this desire to have friends. Listen, we need friends to laugh with us. We need friends to cry with us. We need friends to pray with us. 
We need friends to get excited with us. We need friends to encourage us when we're down. I mean, the point is we all need someone in our life. We all need friends. And a great example of that was Jesus. I mean, if you go and study the life of Jesus, you read the Gospels, you'll see that he had he had tremendous network, if you will. He was associated with a lot of people, but then he also had some good friends, right? He had a smaller group of friends called the Twelve Disciples. But let's talk about his associations. I mean, he was networked in pretty well. I mean, if you read the Gospels, you'll find out that there was someone that he could send one of his disciples to and knew that they would let him borrow a donkey, right? Think about it. I mean, that was an association that he had. That was a connection that he had. That was a network that he had. And we all need to be involved in that. He even had, he even had a friend or he had an associate, an associate or a network of someone who would let him use the upper room for the Last Supper when he gathered his closer set of friends together. You see my point? So he had this large network of associations but I want you to go a little bit further down into his life. You'll see that he, he really had about 12 guys that were his friends, right? And those were the 12 disciples, right? But even deeper than that, he had three of those guys that were part of his inner circle, that were his intimate friends, right? Who were they? Peter, John, one more. James, Peter, James, and John. Those were his three very intimate, close friends. So Jesus gave us the example of how we should live our life. We ought to have a good network of people that we have good relationships with. You know, I really try to live my life that I can look everybody in the eyes. I mean, I try to live and treat everybody the same. Uh, you know, and I should be able to look everyone in the eyes and not have to shun anyone or their sword so I can't let them see me. No, I can see you because we should have a healthy network of, of associates, right? Of, of people that we're just connected with. Now, they're not going to be our best friends. They're not going to be the, the people that we spend every weekend with. But we should have a good network of people that we are associated with that could speak good of you and you can speak good of them. And if you needed to borrow something or if you needed a connection or if you needed a helping hand or if you needed a, uh, someone to give you um, an encouraging word, or, or there ought to be somebody like that we can go to, right? But then a little bit deeper... There needs to be those that we have a little bit closer relationship with. You see, God did not put you into this world for you to live by yourself. Right? I mean, He wants you to get connected to people. And if we're going to be healthy in our spiritual life, if we're going to be healthy in our emotional life, then we must have good relational friendships and connections in life. Right? I mean, I enjoy seeing people. I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy talking to people. But there's some that I really enjoy sitting down with one-on-one that I can just bear my soul with. And I can't do that with everyone, but there's a couple that I can. And we all need those types of relationships. And I think Jesus was a great example of that. I think there are three relationships that I really want to zero in on with one of God's good friends. And who was one of God's good Old Testament friends? It was King David. I mean, if you think about David and God's relationship, boy, it was pretty tight. It was pretty close. But let's look at the life of King David. And whenever we look into David's life, there are three relationships that he had that I think we should emulate. There are three relationships that he had, three friends that he had, that I think we need these same type of friends in our life. 
And so real quickly, I'm not going to have time to drill deep into all of these. I just want to mention them to you and share what type of friend they were and try to make some application how we need that type of friend. And then you can do deeper studies about these friendships that David had. But every single one of us need, I believe, at least these three types of friends. Okay, so I want you to jot these down. The first friend I want to put up today is a friend between David and Jonathan. David and Jonathan. Now, the story is found over in 1 Samuel chapter number 18 and chapter number 19. But in chapter 18 and verse number 1 of 1 Samuel, the Bible says this. It said that Jonathan committed himself to David and loved him as much as he loved himself. Now, there's something you need to know about Jonathan. Jonathan was the son of a king. Okay? Jonathan was the son of Saul which was the first king of Israel. Are you tracking with me? David at this time was not the king. Jonathan knew there was something about David, but Jonathan and David were just friends. Jonathan was the son of King Saul. And it says that Jonathan committed himself to David and he loved him as much as he loved himself. So here I want you to see that this was a close, intimate relationship between Jonathan and David. They bared their souls one with another. Okay? They were really, really close. I love how the message paraphrased Bible puts it. It says, by the time David had finished reporting to Saul, Jonathan was deeply impressed with David. An immediate bond was forged between them. He became totally committed to David. And from that point on, he would be David's number one advocate and, what's the next word? Friend. Friend. From that point on, he would be David's number one advocate and friend. I mean, Jonathan loved David. And David loved Jonathan. This is that close friend that we all need to have. And David had a Jonathan in his life. He had someone in his life that he actually could bear his soul with. They were close. Everybody say close. close. They were close friends. You can go back to my main slide right now. They were close friends. I want you to jot that down. Because whenever we look at the relationship with David and Jonathan, there's three areas there that I want you to see. First of all, they were very close. They shared a lot of things together. And I don't have time to unpack all of, all of chapter number 18 for you and dig into all of that. But you can see that they had a close relationship with each other. And then you also can see that they sacrificed for each other. I mean, there was this sacrifice. Whenever you have this close of a friend, whenever you have an intimate best friend, so to speak, you're going to sacrifice time. You're going to sacrifice dollars. You're going to sacrifice energy. You're going to sacrifice whatever it is for that friend. And here we can see that David and Jonathan had that type of a relationship. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 3 and 4, the verse says this, that Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as much as himself. And then Jonathan removed the robe that he was wearing and he gave it to David along with his military tunic, his sword and his bow and his belt. Now, I want you to think about this. Jonathan is the son of who? Saul, which was what? Talk to me. A king. Okay. so who is next in line to be the king? Jonathan, right? Jonathan is next in line to be the king under King Saul. 
But he knew there was something special about David. So whenever Jonathan took off his outer garment, his clothing, whenever he took off his military tunic and he gave all of this to David, it was a symbolic gesture of, I think, I realize there's something about you. You're going to be the next king, not me. Here's what it was. Jonathan sacrificed for David and Jonathan was not jealous of the man that David was becoming. Are you guys with me here? You know what would destroy your relationships more than anything else? Who said that? Is that Danny? Bingo. He got it. Jealousy, right? Jealousy would destroy your friendship relationships. And there have been a lot of friends that started off as friends, but one may have somehow, God blessed them, or I don't know what happened, achieve more, do more, get more, whatever. And there's this jealousy that comes between these two people. You guys ever experienced that? About everybody. If you went to middle school, you experienced it in middle school, I know. But some adults have a hard time getting out of middle school. Say amen. Amen. Right? Some adults have a hard time getting off the playground. Another good spot to say amen. Say amen. Amen. Right? It's time all of us grow up and time we have some friends that we're not jealous over. I mean, if God blesses you, praise the Lord. Right? We need someone close to us that we're going to be close to, that we're going to sacrifice for. And if God blesses them, then praise the Lord. Right? There was no jealousy between Jonathan and David. As a matter of fact, there was a tremendous amount of loyalty between the two. And if we're going to have this close friend in our life, it's going to be someone that we're going to be close to. It's going to be someone that we will sacrifice for. And it's going to be someone that we're going to be loyal to. Right? When the chips are stacked against them, I'm going to be the one that gets in there and protects them from the chips or the odds. And I'm going to do my best to sacrifice and protect and be loyal to that person. Right? That is a true friend. Now, Jonathan and David... Had that type of a friendship. My question to all of us is who is your Jonathan? Do you have a Jonathan? Do you have someone in your life that you are close to? Do you have someone in your life that is willing to sacrifice for you? Do you have someone in your life who is loyal to you? Many of you that are married will probably immediately say, that's my husband, that's my wife. And I say, praise the Lord. But your Jonathan can't be your husband and your wife. Right? Thank God if you have a spouse that does this. I do. My wife and I, she is one of my best friends. But there's some things I can't share with her because I need to protect her. Right? We all know that... uh, I want to be careful here. Listen, as men... We're the protector of our family. I can't unload every emotional struggle or every spiritual struggle or every whatever I may be going through on her because she's dependent on me to lead the family in that area. Right? Are y'all with me here? And this is not a husband wife. I got a whole series of sermons I preach along these lines. But I want you to understand, there's some things I can't, t- I can't share with her. Not because I don't want to, but because, not because I, she can't handle it, but because I don't want to. That's what I'm trying to say. I want to protect her. I don't want to put that burden on her. I don't want to weight her down with those things. So I need a guy 
I need a man in my life that I can share man stuff with. Right? I need someone in my life that I can share man stuff with. That I can open up and say, you know what, bro? I am struggling right here. Will you pray for me? I, I need your help right here. Will you pray for me? We all need that in our lives. We need a Jonathan. So who is your Jonathan? You say, I just don't have time for a Jonathan. You need to make time for a Jonathan. Right? And you may know who your Jonathan is, but you may be thinking back, boy, we just haven't got together in a while. You need to get together. Come on, guys. Are you with me or not? You understand what I'm trying to say? We all need a Jonathan. So who is your Jonathan? We all need one. Christ, yeah, we can spiritualize it. Jesus, yes, obviously, he's always there. But I'm talking, I need, a, I need a real man to sit across the table from me and have coffee that I can literally, physically hold on to and grab and say, this is what I'm struggling with. This is where I am. Or maybe I'm not struggling with anything. Maybe I need somebody just to rejoice with me. And yes, I can rejoice with Christ, right? We all can do that. But sometimes I need somebody to give me a high five and bust knuckles and woo! Are you guys with me? We all need a Jonathan. You get the point? You get the picture? We need someone that's close to us. We need someone that sacrifices for us. We need someone that's loyal to us. We need to be close to someone. We need to sacrifice for someone. We need to be loyal to someone. Are you with me today? We all need a Jonathan. And boy, there's so much more to that story that you can go and look at. You say, well, I don't know that I really have one. Here's your action step. I want you to pray. I want you to pray right now that God will give you a Jonathan. And you know what? He or she is probably already in your life. You need to look around to who God has brought into your life. Because your Jonathan's probably there. You're just not making time for them. Maybe, maybe you don't have faith that they could be your Jonathan. Now let me tell you, you're not going to have a dozen Jonathans. You're just not going to have time for that. Right? You're not going to be able to do that. If you can have two or three Jonathans in a lifetime, that's pretty good. Right? I mean, you just, the Jonathan crowd's not going to be large. It's just going to be one or two, three, at the most maybe, people in your life that you can just share with. So we all need to pray. Why don't you look around? Why don't you think right now? Think about your life. Think about the people that God has brought into your circle. Think about those individuals. And start calling their name out to God and say, God, is, is this my Jonathan? If it is, help me to have faith in you that this is the one. And call them and set up a meeting and go have some coffee together. And just ease your way into it. Because we all need a Jonathan. Why? Because the Lone Ranger had Tonto. Batman had and the whole list of what I gave you a while ago. You said, that's not very, very spiritual, right? Listen, God wants us to have friends, right? So let's look at the second relationship. Relationship number two. Not only this close friend that, we, that was sacrificed for us and that will be loyal to us, that's our Jonathan. The second friend that we need, we need a Nathan. We need a Nathan in our life. Now, your Nathan may, could even be your Jonathan, but at least we need someone that's in this role. We need a Nathan in our life. The story is found in 2 Samuel chapter 11, 2 Samuel chapter 12. You can even go back to chapter number 7. You can read a little bit here about Nathan and David, the relationship that they had. But here's, here's the issue. Unfortunately, King David lost his way. Right? 
I mean, this is a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. And along his journey called life, he lost his way. He's now the king, okay? And his people are at war. And it's in the day when the king should have, should have been in battle with his men at war. You guys know the story. King David decided to send his guys off to war, and he would stay home. And he got up on his rooftop, and he started losing his way. You ever lost your way? Come on, guys. Let's be real here today. Yeah, we've all lost our way from time to time. You know what we need? We need a Nathan. Right? King David lost his way. He looked over and he saw Bathsheba bathing there. He started lusting after her. He had a sexual affair with her. She's now with child. He now is trying to cover this mess up. So he calls out to the battlefield one of his, one of his most noble, one of his most loyal men in battle for him. He calls him home. Uriah, come back. And he calls him home and he says, go spend the weekend with your wife. He's trying to cover up the fact that that child is his. And he wants everybody to think it's Uriah's, okay? Uriah's too good of a man to go home and sleep with his wife when his men are on the battlefield, and all this you'll see in the Bible, he decides to sleep on the stoop. He doesn't even go into the house. He comes back to David the next day, and David said, do you enjoy your time with your wife? No, I could not go in and lie with my wife when my men are out there in battle. He was a better man than David was at the time. Are you with me? David writes a letter. He puts it in Uriah's hand. He sends him back out to the battlefield. Uriah went back, loyal to King David, with the death letter in his hand. Gave it to the men. And in the letter it stated, put Uriah in the front line, and he was killed in battle. David lost his way. Lust, adultery, lying and scheming, and now murder. Would you say he lost his way? Now hopefully we don't get to that point before we realize we've lost our way. But what we need is a Nathan. We need someone in our life that can come to us. Now, you read in 2 Samuel chapter 12, you read the story where Nathan came to King David. And I love how he packages this story, how he presents it to King David. He gives him a story, this story about this, this poor man that had a few sheep. And this rich man that had all the sheep in the world and how the rich man took the one little poor lamb from the poor guy and took it for himself. David was furious when he heard this. And of course, David brought down a verdict on this man that Nathan was telling him. And Nathan had the courage to look up into the eyes of the king and say, thou art the man. You are the man that I'm talking about. You're the one that took this lady. And he exposed David's sin. He held David accountable. Now, I want to ask you a question. How is it, do you think, that Nathan was able to get into the palace, was able to get into the room where the king was, where it was able to walk up to the king and have this relationship and have this conversation? Have you ever thought about that? How did Nathan get in there? How did he get in there to the king? Let me tell you how he got in there. He was already in there. Are you with me? Second Samuel chapter 7 
If you study that chapter, it will reveal to you that King David at one time used to go to Nathan all the time. And he went to Nathan for counsel. He went to Nathan to bounce ideas off of him. Because Nathan was God's man. Right? And he went to him giving him ideas about the direction that he would go, bouncing ideas off of him. And David, at some point in his life, when he was walking straight, so to speak, he allowed Nathan to hold him accountable. So Nathan was already in his life. That's how he got access to the king at this time, when the king had lost his way. And he came to the king, and he held him accountable. My point is this, do we have anybody in our life that holds us accountable? Are we just living life half shot and just kind of running through life doing our thing and we don't have anybody giving us a gut check or anybody holding us accountable or any, are you bouncing ideas off anyone? Are you getting counsel from anyone or are you just living life by yourself doing whatever it is you want to do? Well, that could lead you to a dangerous place because God uses people. Right? Someone has asked me one time, and I did a whole series of sermons on this. How does God speak to us? Well, God speaks to us through a number of ways. The number one way that He speaks to us is through His Word. Just getting into the Bible and reading the Word. God speaks to us. Another way that He speaks to us is through His Holy Spirit that lives within us. And He'll convict us and finger around in our hearts and kind of speak to us that way. Another way that He speaks to us are, are through circumstances that we're in. We look around at the circumstances. And we can hear and see God speaking to us. But another way that God speaks to us are through people. Godly people that we've allowed into our life that can give us direction, that can give us counsel, that can hold us accountable. Those are the ways, or that's one way that God has chosen to speak to us, is through our Nathan. Now, who is your Nathan? Get this. A Nathan, get this. A Nathan who is someone who loves you, but is not impressed by you. Are you with me? A Nathan is someone who loves you, but is not impressed by you, nor is your Nathan fooled by you. A Nathan is someone you can trust. A Nathan is someone who loves you no matter what they love you. A Nathan is someone who holds you accountable. So the question is, Who is your Nathan? Who speaks truth into your life? Who speaks bluntly to you? We all need a Nathan. Are you with me? We need a Jonathan. Say amen. Amen. We need who? A Nathan. Let me give you the third relationship and I'll be done today. There's a third relationship we need. And we need a Solomon. Now, Solomon obviously was David's son. But here's what I want you to understand. We need someone we can invest in. We need a close friend, a Jonathan, that's close to us, that sacrifices for us, that's loyal to us and us, them. We need a Nathan. We need someone that we can bounce ideas off of, someone we get counsel from, someone that holds us accountable. And we also need a Solomon. We need someone we're pouring our life into. We need someone that we are investing in. Now, if you think about it, David was the king. There was a lot of people in his life that wanted to be his Solomon. Matter of fact, two of his other boys wanted to be his Solomon. 
Remember, one of them set up a big rebellion against him and wanted to try to attack and take over his kingdom. Remember that story? Another one set up a little kingdom under him. And boy, there's a lot of that that takes place even in churches, right? <laughs> Say amen or old me. Come on now. Let's, it's okay to talk about the elephant in the room. If we don't ever talk about it, we can't ever address it. Don't you, I don't like being around those people that are afraid to address an elephant. You know there's an elephant in some relationship and you'll see them run all around. Talk about the elephant! Are you with me? I'm totally off course right there. But David had some of those. And, but he chose to invest in Solomon. He chose to pour his life into Solomon. Matter of fact, if you look in your Bibles in 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Here's where you find David's on his deathbed. And he calls Solomon to him. It says, as the time approached for David to die, he instructed his son Solomon... As for me, I am going the way of all the earth. Be strong and be courageous like a man. And keep your obligation to the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to keep his statutes and his commands and his ordinances and his decrees. And this is written in the law of Moses so that you will have success in everything you do and wherever you turn. And so that the Lord will carry out his promise that he made to me. That if your sons are careful to walk faithfully before me, with their whole mind and heart, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. What David is saying is, Solomon, God's given me, given me a promise. That my lineage will be on the throne of David forever. As long as you guys walk faithfully. Okay? And right here he is investing in his son. He is pouring out his wisdom. He's pouring out his skills and his abilities and his specific instructions. What he's really doing, he's passing down his legacy. Men, ladies, what type of a legacy are you leaving behind? And if you follow any of my tweets or any of my statuses, you, knew, you know that here recently I threw out something. What you do today, what you do today, Decisions you make today, what you're involved today, in today, that's the legacy you're leaving behind. Think about what you do every day. Think about decisions that you make every single day. Because you are building your legacy hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month. That is what you're leaving behind. So my question, who's your Solomon? Who are you pouring your life into? Who are you investing in? And we all need a Solomon. Three relationships I think we find in King David's life. I'm done. The band can come if they will, please. I think we need all these in our life. Right? We need a Jonathan. We need someone we're close to. We need someone we sacrifice for. We need someone that we are loyal to and vice versa. We need a Jonathan. The second thing, we need a Nathan. We need someone who can hold us accountable. We need someone that when we lose our way, and by the way, we all kind of do in life from time to time at different seasons. Even myself, I've been pastor for 25 years. And there's times I've never missed a Sunday in the pulpit, figuratively speaking. It's not like a pastor for a while and got out of pastoring, pastor for a while and got out. Man, I've been pastoring ever since I surrendered for 25 years. Okay? I've had a responsibility as a pastor. But along those 25 years, sometimes I lose my way. 
I'm not talking about falling into some deep sin. I'm just talking about maybe getting off track or possibly getting off and out of the will of God. And I need a Nathan. You need a Nathan. And I thank God for my wife who speaks into my life. But I need I need a guy, really. I need a Jonathan. I need a Nathan. I need a Solomon. Ladies, you need another lady. Why? Because that's the only one that will ever understand you. <laughs> just kidding. Just got tension was getting a little heavy there. I just wanted to cut it a little bit. Seriously though, I mean, really, I, and I'm really. That's really kind of a true statement. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to put anybody down with it. It's really true. I mean, ladies just gear differently than guys are. You know that. Guys, we live at about a third grade level. You ladies live at doctorate school. Okay, I mean, you're just up there. For things, for us guys, things are kind of simple. You know. I mean, us guys, we can get in a fight and we can punch somebody's nose and we're ready to kill them one day, give us an hour, and we're playing ball again. Right? You ladies, you guys can get some cat fights and it goes on for eternity. We're just different. Right? Are you with me? So ladies, you need some ladies in your life. That's the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> and guys, you need some guys in your life. We need a Jonathan, Nathan, Solomon. We need people. Listen, I've said this since the day I started this church in 1999. And I think I've probably said it at least once a month, every month since then. Life is about relationships, not religion. Right? It's about relationships cultivating that relationship with God first and foremost and then cultivating that relationship one with another. Loving God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. He's number one. And number two, loving your neighbor as yourself. Getting involved in people's lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time together. And My prayer today is that first of all, we would enter into a relationship with you. And Lord, if there's one here this morning that just either one needs to give their heart and their life to you and enter into that relationship with a friend that sticks closer than a brother, I pray today that they would enter into that relationship with you. God, I'm confident that you have spoken to all of our hearts today. One that needs to surrender and give their life to you completely right now. I just pray that, that God, right now, they would just confess that they're a sinner. We all are. There's none that are righteous, no, not one. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Help that one today confess their sins. Say, God, forgive me, a sinner. Father, Help them to pray something like this. Please come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Father, we believe that you died on the cross for the sins of the entire world. And we believe you were put in the tomb and that you rose victoriously the third day. And 
And even now you've ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And there you're making intercession for every one of us. Father, for that one that's praying right now to receive you as their Lord and their Savior, I pray right now, God, you come into their heart as they confess their sins and they repent and they ask for your forgiveness. They believe in you as the Son of God. Come into their heart right now. Father, maybe there's one here today that's prayed that prayer of salvation sometime back. But God, they look at their life right now and they're just not where they need to be, spiritually speaking. Father, I pray for that individual they would rededicate, recommit their life to you today. Start walking hand in hand with you and working on that relationship with you. Father, for all of us in this room today, Help us, Lord, to find our Jonathan. Help us to discover our Nathan. Help us to invest in our Solomon. We need these three relationships in our life. Help us to have faith. Help us to pray and seek your will for those relationships. May we leave here today with the action plan that we're going to pray. And we're going to be on the search and look out for our Jonathan. They're probably already in our life. Our Nathan just may already be there. Our Solomon may be there as well. Help us to work on these three relationships. Meet every need in this room today. Father, at this time we just commit all of our needs to you. Encourage the one that's discouraged. Bless the one that needs a blessing. Finger around the heart, God, that needs you to finger around there. Show us our way for those who may have lost their way. Speak to us. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.